Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We are live here on a special edition of the MMA Industry Podcast. Saturday, July 14th is when we're recording this thing. And I have a very special guest today. When, when you're going to do this show and you're going to do it as a special edition, you got to bring on a special guest. And this man, in my opinion, and I don't care, I'll debate this till the, the cows come home. This man is the best storyteller in mixed martial arts. I'm so happy to have him on here. One of my mentors, one of my really good friends. Dwayne Finley is here on the program. Dwayne, how are you? I'm great, James. Let me say this uh, before we get started. I'm immensely proud of you, brother. Like to see the the uh, the way you've grown, uh, the 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 product you're putting out is second to none. And uh, you know, even though I've been on hiatus, I've been keeping my eye on you. You're too handsome, too handsome not to watch. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. The uh, the case of beers in the mail might be a little tough to get that over customs, but uh, what are you going to do? But uh, let's start first, I guess, with just your departure. Um, you know, it's very weird. Uh, you know, leading up to um, you know when you went on your hiatus, uh, you know, we were used to seeing you you know, uh, involved in our lives, whether it's on social media or whether it's storytelling. So, so just, I guess let's just start there and, and we'll sort of unwind, uh, what's happened the last six months. Uh, to say that I was, uh, like blindsided is an understatement. Um, you know, as far as what I knew, everything was going great at flow combat. Um, you know, we I think we had just been nominated for our second, uh, that MMA award and, uh, you know, uh, numbers are good. The vibes, good. The stories, the, we built it up. It was just going, it was going great. And then I get, I, I get a call one day and, and to say like, not a, not a meeting, not a Google hangout, but a call and a phone call to tell me that, that uh, there's been some, there's some, just, there's some issues with the company and things have to, uh, cutbacks have to happen. And unfortunately my positions in that line of fire. Right. So right. Uh, that situation in the middle of it was that, part of the agreement or, or I don't know, the terms of my severance were there's certain things I couldn't talk about or I couldn't go public uh, because I think they expected some kind of backlash, you know, some sort of backlash. Um, but they, you know, they wanted to keep it positive And if I wanted my money and whatnot, but what I'm saying is the difficult part of it was to have, you know, the, 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 the full combat years were just two years of that, James, but mm -hmm. like out of, out of the nine, 10 years that I've been doing it, 
the, the flow combat years were a sprint and to have that sprint abruptly stopped, you know, yeah, it just, it, 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 it definitely caused a lot of issues, but, uh, but yeah, to say that, um, I was given any heads up or there's any signs of trouble. It, 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 there wasn't, it just, it just happened. And, and, uh, that was a casualty of it. That's crazy. So, uh, you know, th- this all happens because again, what people have to realize with what you were doing, I mean, it was, it was a 24 seven job. You have a family, you, you have all this stuff going on. I mean, every weekend we're, we're doing events. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy to, to, to see the amount of work that, that both yourself and Hunter were doing. And, and then you find this out. So how do you adjust when this happens, when you're blindsided, how do you go from, you know, 110% to, you know, I, I'm, I'm out of a job. Oh, you don't, you don't, yeah. uh, you have, uh, um, you struggle. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you know how it is in this business. And I don't think a lot of people on the outside don't understand, but it's difficult to relax. Mm-hmm. Like you did 50 interviews, like what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like literally 50 interviews. And you are doing that on top of all the other things you're doing. And you have a child and you have a wife and you're traveling. You, you did a great job for 226. Awesome coverage, as always, <laughs> in Vegas. But then you're coming back. So that, that becomes your life. And then all of a sudden, when that stops, abruptly you know every then then you have to learn how to adjust and what i found out james i couldn't relax so then but on the flip side of it i also had you know the uh six months before this the flow combat thing happened i'd lost my mom unexpectedly uh and so i had dealt with grief by just trying to outrun it you know just try to outrun it, outwork it and then when all that came to a stop so i had the reality of okay i just lost my job um, I don't know if MMA is going to still be there for me. And then all of a sudden now I have this grief and this exhaustion and all this stuff hit and it, it really opened the door for a real dark situation. And, you know, I, 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 I try to kind of fight through it at first, but then, you know, uh, you know, full disclosure, just, I, I had like a nervous, I had a nervous breakdown, but it was a nervous breakdown uh, in do- exhaustion induced nervous breakdown because now, it's not just like losing a job. It was like, this is, this is my heart and soul. And, yeah. you know, why was I so easy to cast aside? You know, and, and, you know, it wasn't like resentment for Hunter. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's my brother right there. And the fact that he kept on, he hung on to his job, that's awesome. You know, but it also, it also makes you feel at that time like, okay, they just, like, I was replaceable. You know what I mean? Like, it was a weird weird thing when you take this this brand that you built and turn it into this awesome thing and then it's like like a like i said uh, a band like you you start a band and it, you, you 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 make some hits and they go on tour and then like you get kicked out and they just replace you with a different singer <laughs> right no no i know that but but that's and, and i want to really reiterate this here like like the team that you built when you started at flow combat you know myself included that was that was part of that team and again i'll always thank you for that opportunity that i mean that, that has helped me out tremendously and, and i owe you a lot and where i'm at right now but i mean if you just look at the the attitude of flow that's all there i think i think one of the things people need to look at you're not at flow combat but the identity of flow combat is still you i i feel like i you know I think just the way we approach media and everything else, that that was something that you did. And I would hope that, and, and this is something I'm going to get into right now, is, you know, the, the the amount of love and outpouring that happened when that happened. I mean, were you surprised by by the amount of feedback or was this something you were expecting? Like, was it interesting to see who was, you know, coming to see how you were doing as opposed to the ones who weren't? Because you really find out your true friends in a situation like that. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And let me say this, like, yeah, like that's, uh, even though, I have, I'm not currently with full combat. I still take a tremendous amount of pride 
in it because of you guys, the work you guys do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes me happy and that makes me proud because that's further in the voice. And it wasn't, you know, as you know, it wasn't just me on that. It was Hunter's vision as well. You know, Hunter had a lot to do with it. So uh, it's good to see you guys still running, uh, you know, running it and doing well. Um, yeah, like uh, when that happened, the uh, the people who reached out made, made a big difference, you know, because it's funny when you're when you're when you're a senior editor at a site, you get hit up probably 30 times a week. People are like, hey, man, what's up? Because they're looking for work. Yeah. You know, because it's just it's it's a tough racket. But when 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 things go south like that, you're no longer in that position. The phone doesn't ring anymore. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you can't you can't give people jobs anymore, which is, you know, which is cool. I'm just I'm just like hem hawing. But um, no, no, I hear you. Uh, but no, what it was is, like I said, is that as we got into that kind of darker phase with that, that breakdown, it was. And like I said, it all happened while I was on this hiatus because I couldn't go on social media. It was part of the agreement um, contractually with my severance. And but it's all happening because I felt like not only was I losing my identity, I felt like all of a sudden and overwhelmed by all these things that were kind of hovering above me. It was just, you know, it, it was just a, I started like spiraling, you know, yeah. and that's the thing is when, you know, when people talk about like depression or or you know, suicide or things like that. People talk about those darker things. They always say, man, reach out, you know, make sure if you're feeling this way, call this number. Well, that's the thing is depression keeps you from calling that number because yeah. you isolate yourself, you know, you isolate yourself. So here I am, a, a guy who, um, you know, is a very involved father and husband. And all of a sudden now I'm detached. Okay. Right. It's I'm detached. I, um, I, I started changing the way I did everything. And, uh, there was some real concern, um, which my family voiced to me and, uh, and I just wasn't trying to hear it, you know, and then on top of it, so, you know, I, I've had problems in the past that, you know, I've been pretty public about with substance abuse and, uh, um, that, I mean, like I said, it was just kind of carte blanche of, uh, I opened the gates, like, like, let me say it this way. I kind of told the universe, like either way, I felt like I was getting these successive ass kickings from the universe so i'm just like you know what i'm not gonna fight back just do your worst like drag me out to the parking lot and do your worst right mm -hmm. and it did and and, and uh yeah and, and i was definitely at my lowest point um ever because of i just felt like i had everything taken away from me you know yeah. i felt i felt like you know what if, if if i mess up if i mess up and i cause you know myself to lose a career or i cause me to lose something or you know or or get in trouble i can i can mentally make that you know i can make that uh make amends like hey it's your fault you did it you need to fix it when something happens that's beyond your control there's no way to process it you know there's no blame to put and i love when they said they're like oh this is you know it's just business not personal you know that's the that's the biggest bs statement ever it's always personal um, but, um, so as all those things were happening and, uh, uh, my, my life was just pretty much fought, like completely falling apart. The, um, the way I, the way I dealt with it, you know, my kids, my wife, you know, they say, Hey, look, this, this is just, you know, this isn't you, this is, you know, every you're, you're, you are going to lose everything, which that means, you know, them, you know, everything that I care about. So. At the very root of who I am, I'm a fighter. 
you know, not a not a fighter, but uh, but I'm a you know I'm a guy who who uh, always gets up. You know, I mean, I may have a big part of knocking myself down, but I always get up. So that's what I did. I made a big, I realized that I wasn't well. And I realized that uh, mentally I was just in a terrible spot. So what I did was I made a big move and I, I, uh, I checked myself into a, like a crisis treatment center. And, and that's what I mean. Like, like me saying this publicly isn't because I feel like people need to know so much, but there's a stigma attached to this where I think people are like, I'm hurting, but I can't tell anybody I'm hurting because it'll make me not, it'll make me look weak or it'll, you know, my, my friends can't, or the, the people on Facebook can't find out that, you know, I needed help. Right. Because yeah. people, people think they're viewed a certain way. Right. But I'm telling you, I'm a very strong minded individual, but it was just a successive series of ass whoopings that I took from life. So to call time out and they get the help big, Biggest, uh, best move I ever made, James, uh, to be big enough to realize that I wasn't well, right? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, man, I, I went and uh, I started that process. Um, I was only gone for, actually, I was only gone for like a week. Um, came back and that was, you know, 150, 155 days ago or something like that. And I'm great. But, and there's other things there, but there were some other things in there as I was on the road to getting better was MMA came back into my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I bet. It's a strange time, you know? It, it certainly is. And, and just I'll add one quick thing before I ask my next question. is just that, like, I know what it's like. I, the first job I ever got in, in television, I had moved to Toronto. Um, it, it didn't work out. And, uh, you know, this was my whole world. I thought, this is this is the company I'm going to be with. I'm going to be there forever. I couldn't watch sports for for a long time. Just, you know, I, was, I sort of actually just stuck to MMA because I was so bitter about what had happened. And I'm sure, you know, with yourself, like what people have to understand is like, not only do you love your job and, and a lot of your identity is based off the storytelling that you did, but it's like you love doing this. So it's like when that's taken away and you're kind of, you know, uh, detached from the whole process, it's difficult to like, like, you know, it's, it's like, this is who I'm known for. And you've taken this away from me. So like when you're saying all this, I can completely understand. And I can understand like, like even if I'm on vacation or something like I, I get a little antsy if it's been like a couple of weeks where I haven't done enough work because I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I can yeah. only imagine what, what, it, what it was like for you during that whole process. Um, we can get into this now or if you want to talk about it later. But, you know, you had some fighters reach out to you. Um, you know, John Jones is one of them, but I know there was others. Uh, just just talk to me th- to, through that a little bit. When was the when did people start reaching out to you? Well, I want to say this to kind of cap off what you were talking about with uh, how, you know, the feeling about the job is um, – it's like a bad breakup, like a yeah. bad relationship breakup where you're at the, you're, there's a point where you can't even like let yourself think about it because then you'll get bitter and mad, you yeah. know? So you just got to lock it away. You know, you got to burn the pictures. You got to, you yeah. know, I, I know, I know exactly what that's about. Yeah. So that's what it That's what that was about with, for me. I was just like, I was just like flow was attached to MMA was attached and was attached to, so it was just all bad. Um, but in the midst of that, uh, Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar was one of the first guys uh, to really reach out and be like, "Hey, man, uh, are you all right?" You know, he's like, "I haven't seen you know just things like uh, I wasn't posting on Instagram or Twitter or things like that. I hadn't seen these stories." And then uh, you know, and, and I've done extensive work with Frankie, you know, and I know him really well and on a personal level. And we got to talk him, and then Condit was like the next one, and. You know, but those are and Cub and 
uh, Cub Swanson, and a few more. Max Holloway called me out of the blue. Just guys that are like, you know, hey, uh, we haven't heard from you. We usually hear from you, you know, every couple of weeks or blah, blah, and they were just checking. Um, but those are guys I, 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 I knew, and, and like I worked with extensively. The one that got me um, was John Jones, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, John is a complex human being, you know I mean? Like, uh, when I went to do the interview with him initially, this is a great uh, story, by the way, I love this story. This is one of my favorite stories ever, by the way, uh, Sorry, go ahead. about, about him, like him being a jerk to me. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, uh, so John, um, I get there to do this thing, this, this story for him in Albuquerque. And he says to me, like at the beginning, he's like, uh, you know, how is you, you spend Thanksgiving with your wife and, you know, with your wife and kids. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I got to think, I'm like, wait a minute. How's he know I have kids? You know, how's he know? But because John does his research, you know, so he knew this reporter was coming and we'd never really worked before. And he was super nice to me at first, you know, like, oh yeah, talking, talking, talking. And then, you know, like Lynch, you know, like our method is like, hey, not so much interviewee, but let's get a cup of coffee. You know, yeah. like we're, con- we're conversational interviewers, you know, yeah. you and I. So yeah. That's what I was like. Hey, you know, you want to get a cup of coffee later after you're done training? We can just talk. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay, cool. And then we go to this next place, and then he completely flips on me, like 180 degrees, totally different person. He's like, yeah. Then like he's like this guy over here, like trying to get me to go get a cup of coffee, and uh, all he's gonna do is misquote me, and you know, like he was very standoffish, like yeah. And I was like, whoa, so. I was, so I just said, Hey, you know, I'm like, I don't got to take this. You know? Um, I said, uh, and he's like, I, I told him I'm leaving. And he's like, like, you're like, you're just going to leave. And I said, yeah, I am going to leave. Cause I, you know, I, I, you ain't wasting my time. I'm not wasting yours. Now in the back of my head, I'm like, Oh man, if I, <laughs> if I don't get this interview with Jones, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> yeah. But you had to have like the balls to walk away from him. Yeah. And when I did that, he, he caught up to me later on sent me a text and then we had that cup of coffee. Um, but I earned his respect. You know what I mean? In that yeah. way. But what I found out in the time that I was in the, in the time I was, I was uh, going to spend with him. I saw a completely different person. Like, I feel like for all the identity issues he's had, I feel like all right, I finally got to see the real John Jones. And that's the thing. If I can see you and understand you, then I can make them understand you. You know what I mean? I can yeah. translate that to the the people who love the sport. So I did these stories with John. And as you know, you know, and, and the stories are really uh, well regarded uh, and, and people, people seem to love them. But then, as you know, he, uh, he had another suspension. Like after the Cormier victory, he's in trouble again. And, imme- and then immediately, you know, the media just starts dumping, you know, on him. And, uh, and you know, there's always two sides to everything. Um, I was I was a bit shocked because that was just something I didn't see coming. But at the same time, I, I wasn't gonna place judgment on it, so I just I, I let it be, you know. Uh, and I think because of that, you know, like we 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 talked a couple times after that, and then we uh, I just wished him well, and that was it. Well, then fast forward, you know, till you know uh, April of this year. And like I'm telling you, man, uh, it, it was when you guys were to. Um, when was you? When was the last time you guys were uh, in New York? Oh, um, two twenty-three. The Conor McGregor, or sorry, not Con- the Conor Dolly incident. That's when Hunter and I were there. Yes. Okay. 
So it was because because Hunter was leaving later at night to drive in, right? Yeah. Yeah, to get you. So I get a text at like 2.30 my time. And I'm like, oh, it's Hunter getting to let me know he got to New York okay. And I look on the, I happen to look on the phone, it's from John Jones. And I'm like, and all it said was, he's like, hey, I, uh, I want you to know that you just popped in my head today. And it popped in my head because, you know, you're the most genuine guy I've met in this business, you know, and uh, I just want to make sure that you're doing well. Uh, you know, you deserve this, 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 that kind of thing. And it touched off a, a series of texts back and forth for me and him. But what it did, James, is it was it came at a time when when I I felt like I had completely lost my identity. Kind of like you said earlier, but like by from January 15th when it happened to like April, you know, 16th when it was sitting there. And that three months I had gone from, hey man, I'll be all right to, oh my gosh, if I'm not this, what am I? You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. if I'm not Dwayne Finley, MMA you know, journalist, storyteller, where I built my name and I have respect in this, and then, but outside of it, I'm, I don't have anything. Or that was the perception, right? So then I have to move beyond that and get into this other thing. But then I started to feel, what if all this MMA stuff was for nothing? You know, what if this nine years, all these stories, driving across country back and forth, the books, the videos, what if it was all for nothing? And John Jones texted me that night, told me that it, 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 that, it, that it was for everything. It wasn't for nothing. It was for everything because the stories mattered. The connections mattered. The Everything that I thought in my head that I began to question became validated. Like all the time, all the extra effort that I put in. Think about guys like me and you. We, we go a different route to make sure we get the type of story we want when, when it would be easy as hell just to mail it in. Right. You know, yep. I've never, never mailed it in a day in my life. And I always, I started to wonder pre, before that text got there, I was starting to feel like I was a fool. You know, like I had been a fool because of the decisions I made. Um, but I was, like I said, I was in a real weird kind of place with self-loathing and pity. And uh, John texts me, and I'm like, here's the greatest fighter of all time, or MMA at least. Um, he has a million other things he could do, but he found it necessary to reach out and text to see if I was okay and to tell me the work I did for him and other stories truly mattered. Yeah, and man, and, and and James, I've had peace ever since. You well, know I don't. I mean? No, and and I don't blame you. If that's not validation, what is? You know, and one thing I wanted to bring up too. Remember when we got the John Jones interview at Flow a couple of years ago, and people made it out like we paid him to come on. Like people, like like this story, like this this right here, just represents what we've been talking about here. Is that the level of respect that these fighters have for you, the the professionalism that that you've shown, and just getting on their level and getting something out of them that a typical. I mean, how many interviews have we done where you're calling them on the phone? It's not the same when you go to the gym, when you see them in their element, when you're taking them out for coffee. That's where you're really connecting with them, and and that's why John Jones was like, I want to do my interview with Dwayne because he had that level of respect for you and. The text message after just sort of proves all that. So wanted to clear that up because I remember oh, I yeah. remember hearing that a couple of years ago, and it's like, give me a break, come on. Yeah, no, I remember they were everybody was up in arms because Jones was going to do a uh, media appearance for the UFC. Yeah, and we and we and we spoke to him like two hours before he had to do that. So our story came out before like everybody got their quotes, 
Oh, and and listen, if you think you could pay John Jones for an interview, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 not an easy person to work with. And you were talking about paying for interviews. I, I mean, I'm not gonna name names, but I mean, to to get to walk around Philadelphia with armed security that that was a paid situation. You know? Yeah. So no. it, so yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No. No, I do. I do. Yeah. So uh, yeah. No, think, but yeah. N- not not kicking up dust on your show, buddy. Uh, no. But but yeah, the uh, uh, yeah, absolutely no, man. There's there's nothing like that 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 ever would happen. It's it's these guys, you know. Like what I find funny because it's you know it's a personal thing, but like when like you would do like a you do a, a, a an interview and like there's a running joke with like Musashi or something like that, and then. Yeah. You know, and it's like a shout out back and forth. That's because we're ingrained with these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, uh, and that was the best part of it for me. It was never anything. Like, oh, it was it was never so much the writing, which I enjoy, but it was the it was the inter- it was the camaraderie. It was the the interview, the the portrayal of these athletes that I that I respect so much. And and these are big names too that are that are giving you shout outs. Remember I interviewed Diego Sanchez this year. What does he say? What's up, Dwayne? You know, like like I mentioned that, you know, I, I, that we work together and everything and like just just to have that. I mean, that that in itself, you're not getting that from other journalists. You're not. I mean, and and that's what you're doing is connecting to them on a different level and I think that's so important where it's like it's not just about going in there and getting the best, you know, thing. It's like you go in there, you listen to them, you get on their level, you find out what they like, what they don't like. You don't ask the typical stuff. I mean, you have to ask those questions obviously cuz it's important some of it, but you have to dig a little bit deeper and I think if yeah. anyone's that's read your work, they know that you really dig deep and you find stuff that other people don't find, which is, which is remarkable. Well, and I thank you for that. But like I said, if there's anybody that I've ever seen take um, a similar approach, but a different way, it's yourself is that the, the way you do your interviews are, um, you know, it's like buttoned up the way Hawani is, which is great, but you're on, but it's much more looser, you know, much more conversational. So I think you took the best of both worlds. And like I said, you're, you're only getting better with everyone you do. Um, but as far as the connecting part, that's what matters. I mean, dude, I remember when I started doing that first road trip, like 2014, right? And that was the thing is like, I found out that if you just go to them, you know what I mean? Like you're going to their house, you know, you're going to their world. They're not sitting in front of you cutting weight. Like, you know, US training camp is awesome. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're in the comfort of their, uh, of their element. And then when, when you're having dinner at their house and you're meeting their kids and or or you're sitting in the backyard having a beer with them cooking out, like yes, is that objective journalism? No, it's not. But I'm not a journalist. I'm a storyteller. So it's my job to get to know you. It's my job to to, to see what is uh what makes you tick. And then and that was the most fascinating part of it. But in doing that, then you forge these relationships where it's just you know it's uh <laughs> you know like to know you have guys like. Like like Diego Sanchez and you know Frankie and Jim Miller and all those guys. Like I can look at this era of the sport and be like, you know what, I, I I did a lot of work with the best of the best. And then there's Johnny Bones Jones where you're like, you know, I I, I think I've done a lot of work. That's that's that, that's uh, you know the Condit thing comes to mind uh, as my favorite. But just the just the trying to figure out the Rubik's cube that's John Jones. <laughs> sign me up, you know. Yeah. Wow. No, it is wild. Um, so, so where are you at now? What's, what's the latest with you? What, what's happening? Like you, you talked about John, you know, texting you, reinvigorating you. 
Are, are, are we going to see you back? What's the latest on where you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, like, you know how we said earlier about it being a breakup and, like, there's that period where you can't, um, you know, you don't want to look at it. Uh, I, I'm, like, in the next – I'm, like, two stages beyond that now, like, <laughs> like where, where we can see each other at the mall and still not, like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> not killing each other. Um, no, I'm uh, – uh, yeah, I'm getting closer and closer back to writing. Um, I, you know, I've had some offers. Uh, you know, I've, I've had some people hit me up, and it's just not time. You know, just not quite yet. Uh, but I'm speaking to more and more people in the community, uh, in, in the MMA community. I kind of, you know, got the itch back, and uh, um, I'm kind of plugging back into the system. But on a kind of, you know, like uh, when you're coming off like an ACL injury, you gotta like, <laughs> you gotta like slowly work your way back. That's kind of what I'm doing. So, uh, but in in my uh, you know in real life, man, I coming off of that mental situation, um, I didn't need to stress. So I was like, man, I just need something simple. Uh, I got like a nine to four, uh, like an eight to four job, dude. It's like it's brainless and it's awesome. <laughs> it's just, it, but it's it's manual labor. You know, my my grandpa always said, um, you know, the shovel is the great equalizer between men. You know, like it, when all else fails, pick up a shovel, like, you know, that'll sort you out. Uh, and, uh, and it's right. And it's been, it's been great, but it's, it's given me the mental break enough, um, to where I can come back. And let me, let me tell you this, like, I, as I look to come back, I, I look at the state of this thing and, you know, I kind of mentioned it on Twitter, uh, yesterday that just, man, MMA is, MMA is in shambles and it can be saved. Like this whole thing can be turned around but it's going to have to be drastic, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. We'll, we'll talk about the state in a second. Um, you know, you kind of reminded me of it. Have you seen Office Space? That yeah. Movie? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of where, uh, you know, he, the guy leaves the company, ends up doing construction. That's, that's what I picture when, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the, the city work. You do. I got the vest around here somewhere. Like, <laughs> yes, it is exactly that. Like, my life is, I'm Peter from Office Space, sitting there with the, the lunch pail and the neon vest. Yeah. Yes. No, that, that, that's excellent. Um, yeah, a lot has happened in the media. It's it's crazy, you know, in the span of, you know, even you just being off from January till now, how much has changed? Ariel Helwani has gone to ESPN now. Luke Thomas is now the new host of the MMA Hour. What are your thoughts on some of the changes there? Because, uh, you know, it, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to be interested in, and I don't mind saying this openly, is that, you know, MMA fighting was was based, structure, the, the structure of it was based around Ariel and him leaving. I know Luke, Luke is definitely the right replacement for MMA Hour, but how do you replace that? That seems very, uh, you know, that, that's the puzzle they're going to have to solve. What were your thoughts when you found it, everything, all the puzzles uh, moving around? Well, I thought it was an unfortunate reality that they had built it around Ariel so much to the point where, you know, riders like Sean and Chuck were just kind of suffocated into this funnel. You know what I mean? Nothing mm-hmm. against it. I mean, Ariel generates a ton of content and he's been, he's been the best at that for how long now? A long time. Um, but yeah, so then you take away was that, I, you know, I'm not trying to out their system, but I, I, if I'm right, like he would do interviews and then they, the staff would like pick up like four or five pieces per interview, you know, like they're basically rehashing. Am I, that's, am I wrong? No, no, you're right. Okay. And, and, and no, and, and they would have, they would have like literally Ariel will do the show six hours on Monday and then they would spend the rest of the week transcribing and putting all those right. interviews together. And that's the structure of the site. Now you take that away. And even now, like Luke is only doing two hours and I don't blame him because he's got all the other stuff going on, but how do you fill up that extra time? They're going to have to adjust because, because little, and it's not just MMA fighting. All the sites relied on what was, what the type of guests Ariel was getting. And now they have to do it over on ESPN. It's a little bit different. Oh yeah, but but that, but think about the position that puts MMA fighting in, right? They're the 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. They're the juggernaut of this thing. And now, uh, you know, LeBron goes to L.A., so to speak. You know, LeBron left them. And, uh, you know, they they have a lot of capable guys. But the business model, I mean, the the content model the last two years, you haven't used those guys in that capacity. You know what I mean? And now, and here's the thing, is – the the uh the the dynamic for the reader and viewer has shifted where it's like people just want these short clip stories you know what i mean like they'll read it if you give them the good stuff but editors aren't paying for the good stuff you know what i mean they want yeah. uh viral video hits you know or something like that something that they can wor- worth an investment like fox sports firing their whole editorial team just to you know to rehash other people's stuff so i think you know, I think Luke doing MMA hours perfect. Uh, you know, Chuck's certainly capable. Um, they 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 have a good group over there. But I'm interested to see Twain Finley. Oh my goodness! How dare you say that editors aren't paying for the good stuff? <laughs> They're paying for the man you're speaking to right now. Oh no, it's Macho Man. You dropped it on me. Let me tell you something. Stop. You're in the pro wrestling world now. You've hit the crossover world now. You dare step onto my turf and say such a thing? Let me tell you something, Sap. This guy's coming out of retirement, challenging you to a 2,000-word Texas strap match right off. It's going down to the Civic Center. Oh, yeah. I didn't think your back would ever heal up good enough. Oh, you're looking limber now. A right, far cry what? from 2014. It's true. So you just stay in your little editor's chair or fightful. It's beautiful, though, isn't it? Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Look. Hold on. Look. I got hydraulics. Man. Like a low rider. This has been my favorite edition of James Lynch's MMA Industry Podcast yet. Yes. And I will tell you this. That, uh, the like I said, I was just talking about the media... And I like the fact of what you guys are doing. I like, but you guys also took the, the angle that you need to cover. You know, you, you guys have meld uh, wrestling and MMA seamlessly, which is not an easy thing to do, but you've done it. So even though I sound like I'm saying nice to you, Sean, I am not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tough venture because on a thing like that, you've got to basically triple your budget as well. And that doesn't necessarily mean triple the traffic but we see we see uh, you all were talking about MMA fighting we see guys from there that are making the crossover and covering pro wrestling whether it be out of necessity or out of out of a benefit 
And that's something I want to ask you because you you've been around for a lot of a, a lot of this stuff. How how much do you think an, an ESPN benefits from a guy like Ariel Hawani? Do you think that because of this they become the source that MMA fighting was because they have him, or do you think that say you know how I think it was Yahoo lost Woj to ESPN yeah. and Shams popped up, and now Shams is one of the top guys in the NBA. Do we see something like that? Does Mark or Luke or or Sean pop up and almost essentially replace Ariel in that regard? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Ariel, I think Ariel holds. Even though this isn't fair, I think Ariel holds like ninety percent of the the market share. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I think the crowd will go to the crowd that followed Ariel or MMA fighting will go to ESPN with Ariel. I mean, they may hang on for a little bit, but you know that's the thing about Luke Thomas, hell of a guy. But he's he's polarizing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think could be great. I think if he takes it, makes it his own thing, where you kind of mix the Luke Thomas's pissed off thing and and into MMA, that could be a really good you know stick. You know, he could be like you know his own unique thread. But Ariel kind of had a cross uh, like a like a mass appeal thing that I I don't think they're gonna have. So, like I said, I think unfortunately the way they built it around uh, that situation. I think they're left holding a, a heavy candle right now, you know? Well, and not just that. I was going to get your thoughts. What do you think of them keeping the name? I think Luke has an uphill battle because people are always going to associate the MMA hour with Ariel. So it's like Luke's as great as he is, but no matter what, he's not going to be Ariel. And he shouldn't be because he's different than Ariel as far as the way he conducts himself as far as, uh, you know, the, the broadcasting. Oh, yeah. You got to like, rebrand, Sean, Sean, rebrand. Uh, no, but you, you have to. Like, I think, I think, the, I, I think MMA fans are smart enough and we're, we're creatures of habit. So we know that that show on Monday on MMA fighting, we know what it is, you know, but get, make it Luke's thing. The MMA hour was Ariel's thing. Let Luke have his thing. I saw that they're still doing the beat too. It just all looks weird without, yeah. without Ariel, you know? And, and the thing is his show would supplement the media from throughout the week. I mean, yeah, stuff from his show would end up being posted as like new news on Sunday. Then yeah. the following Sunday. Yep. And the only other show, I mean, besides James, who isn't doing it on a show basis, he's doing it on an individual interview basis. It's like MMA Junkie Radio. Sometimes they get a few names. But the news doesn't supplement the way that it do, it did on Ariel's show. So I'm I'm wondering how things get affected because it is it does affect the entire space. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, like, like it was uh, like uh, – he was like the feeder system, right? Like yeah. it was like sustenance for the community, but that's what I mean. And then think about this. And this is another, this thing I would say has more to do with UFC. And what I was getting at yesterday on Twitter with the state of things is this, what, what we're looking at is, is a product of what the UFC caused. If you remember right about seven years ago, they really made the, I think mean, Dana said fighters aren't doing no more basement interviews. Remember that? Yeah. That, that that comment yeah. was like saying quit doing interviews with sites these these small sites and blah blah you know all the only big media but they try to control it well when you did that you had a lot of fighters and their managers were like oh we don't want to piss off UFC so uh, our fighters aren't going to do uh, interviews with bloody elbow or blah blah or you know b- bad left hook or you know things like that like whatever I'm just throwing sites out there but they just that's what they were saying if it wasn't ESPN or if it wasn't this. They didn't want to do it. And what that did was that created this rift where all these fighters started moving to an unaccessible place. And the only fighters that 
could really that would really do uh you know were the, were the up and coming guys right so you had that breach in narrative okay and then you get to this delusional spot where you're like okay well now you got a guy who's a contender or a champion and nobody cares about him, yeah right because people don't realize that we make them care because we build the narrative so the ufc of course thinking that they could do it alone ultimately hurt the fighters um you know now I think you said we have uh, a fight card this weekend, uh, like three cards, Bellator, UFC, nobody cares. Um, you know, this 226. Nobody this- knows who Blagoy Ivanov is. The fighters that James did pros picks <laughs> with didn't know who Blagoy Ivanov is. Yeah. And he stands a real good chance at winning tonight. Yep. Yeah. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but at the same time, that's the thing is seven years ago, this is the kind of fight people still cared about. Yeah. It could be a fight night. It could have been a versus card. Who cares? The community cared because the community felt connected. What doesn't feel there right now is the connection. You know what I mean? But it can be. But like I said, the think about this. Not coming back to the John Jones thing, but what you know, there's a lot of great fighters, but what furthers the sport is when there's a phenom like in, in the process, right? Like you know, when McGregor was on his rise, when Ronda was on her rise, you know, like when there was that certain energy, like the, that, that like megawatt star that kind of pushed everything forward, the sport's going to do okay, like on its own because there's great fighters. But when you get that, 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 that meteor behind it, that's when the neighbor across streets like, Hey man, uh, what about this McGregor kid? You know, that's when something special is happening. It's funny how much of a reflection there is to that, to WWE now, because WWE does not want sites like Fightful to get interviews. And they don't want they don't want anybody who essentially covers pro wrestling full-time to get interviews. Instead, they want to control the narrative, and they'll give it to some NBC affiliate out of Chattanooga. And it's like, how many <laughs> interviews can you listen to where they're like, wow, Sasha Banks, what do you eat? Your arms are so nice. <laughs> what does that do for Sasha? What Okay, let's them know that live event tickets are on sale soon, but... What does that do for the personality giving the or that's being interviewed? It doesn't do anything. And essentially, when you have the same outlets interviewing your top guys, there's who is going to ESPN to say, "I want the latest the latest MMA news." Who's doing that? I don't know of anybody. I don't know of anybody that's going to Sports Illustrated for the hottest pro wrestling news either. It's kind of that, that's the situation we're in. Well, I, and that's what I'm saying that. that this this ESPN switchover, you know, ESPN has tried and proven that they do not care about MMA multiple times. You know, they've made a run at it, you know, and, and then canceled it. So even though I know they signed this deal, you'll see they're going to have to be a little more hands-on. Uh, you know, can, will ESPN uh, uh, will ESPN take, you know? Well, MMA on ESPN take. That's what I, I guess I'm saying. We'll see. And will it be overrun? By cornhole on ESPN Ocho. <laughs> that would be better than a lot of the stuff I see on there, honestly. It is. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say, too, what will be interesting is the breaking news, right? Because, like, you know, obviously Ariel was always ahead of the curve with certain things like that. But now he's with the network. So are they going to give it to him directly? Like, there's a lot of weird things that could happen here. And now, who really on fighting right now can break news? I mean, Mark Romani is probably the only one, if you think about it. The rest of them are, you know, Sean and Chuck are storytellers, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So that, like, that, that's another aspect, aside from the interviews that they're going to miss, is just having that breaking news where they can, you know, get, get something out there. And it's not something we're going to probably see often going forward. 
Well, you know, there always has to, somebody has to report that Dana White brought in snow for his driveway. <laughs> That's right. Yes, <laughs> that that is an interesting aspect of all of this. I wonder if ESPN and UFC did this to maybe perhaps try to control the news a little bit more, or if ESPN was wholehearted in their attempt to to get one of the best MMA journalists, one of the best story breakers out there, and Ariel on their site. I wonder what the the primary motivation for that was, or if it was a mixture of the two. Because I wonder if Ariel is working for ESPN when that Brock Lesnar situation happened, if he would have broken that news. That I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, it was written on a board in a production meeting, and somebody saw it yeah. and should have said nothing, and then everybody got kicked out. That's right. Man. Dude, that's, well, I, that's what I think. So, um, yeah, no, man, the uh, Ariel – and here's what I will say about what I know is the guy legit, like, you know, like working his sources, like he's like, he's with texting the managers multiple times a day. He, he's staying on that grind. Um, but he's also the only one there that really worked with fighters and people, you know, like the man. So he had all the news. Now, now it all goes to Ariel. My question is, and this is an honest question. Cause I don't know. I've been out of loop. Uh, what, are, what are they going to do with that show on FS1? Like UFC tonight? It, it will cease to exist, I would imagine. Yeah. WWE tonight looks like what it, it's what it'll be because they, they're getting WWE in next October, I think it is. So I don't doubt at all that they'll run a WWE-style talk show on FS1. Well, yeah, I mean, but I Hopefully can't Hopefully not with Karen Bryant. <laughs> I can't see FS1 being like, yeah, look, we're talking about fights that were on ESPN. Exactly. No, well, that, that happened here in Canada when Sportsnet lost the rights. Joe knows this, who works for our site. Uh, you know, his show, they, they, they got rid of it. And they haven't had a weekly show here in Canada since. So, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're going to get rid of it there. And they might do something in ESPN, but probably not. I mean, I know how it is, you know, when I worked here at TSN here in Canada. MMAs, I, I know they have the TV rights, but I still think it's not as, it's never going to be where football or baseball is. So it's still going to be kind of, I mean, the fact they're on ESPN Plus, I think, says everything. MMA weekly shows are what was hot in the streets, like, what, eight, nine years ago? You had Spike TV with Craig freaking Carlton. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and fortunately, they had Luke. Luke Thomas on, was on that show, too. Luke was on the show, and he Dude, was a saving grace. I remember watching that show and watching that guy interview Diego Sanchez, and he had no clue. It was the most uncomfortable interview ever. Uh, hey, Lynch, I've always wanted to know, have you ever been running through the six with your woes? With my woes? Your woes? What, what's what's my woes? I'm, I'm missing the reference here. The Drake reference, man. Come on. Oh, I don't listen to Drake that much, to be honest. I know he's what? like famous worldwide. Yeah, I'm not a big guy. Uh, well, that's guy. why he's moving from Toronto, I guess. Yeah, that too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it, forcing James out. They're like, dude, Lynch, Lynch, you're going to, like, Trudeau is going gonna, is gonna to pull your citizenship, buddy. <laughs> you, just, you just lost your free health care because of that. Yeah. No, that, it could be that, and well, no, and and I, and I say history, so Trudeau doesn't like that. He wants a he wants a different uh, pronoun used for that. So got to got to avoid that stuff as well. But uh, you know, it, it's 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 a weird time here in Canada. But yeah, the Drake stuff. I mean, I try and keep up with what I can, but I you know I haven't listened to his new album or anything. Oh, me neither. I was just giving you grief. Oh what? yeah, I haven't listened to him since Pusha T murdered him. So I remember watching him on Degrassi. Oh wow! Get in Ooh. the wheelchair, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy spits the bars, bro. 
This is what we this is what we've devolved into. Right, that's what it turned into. It was this great little conversation, and Ross got in here with uh hey Sap jumped in with the kung fu. No. But um but yeah, I mean I think I think there's hope. I think there's hope for the media. I just think it just has to it has to turn in our favor. And by that, it, what I mean is the fighters have to realize that UFC is doing them no favors with uh, with how they're being promoted and not promoted. Get out there, you know, do like Uriah Faber said it, uh, uh, you know, back at WEC, like every, do every single interview you can because you are furthering yourself in that manner. So I love it, and I, I think that's what they need to do. I think these younger guys, some of them are a little more savvy. Definitely with like the guys coming up on the regional side. They're definitely like Lynch and, and like the, the guys that we see fight on flow and things like that. Like those guys are way more savvy than the, their, their predecessors 10 years earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one of the, the benefits I was telling my boss about James. When we brought him on, I was like, James is talking to all these people before they're really anything in MMA. And when they become something in MMA, yep. they know that he gives a shit about them. They yep. know that he's not just contacting them because they created a name. He gave a shit about them well before. That's why when I think it was Zach Freeman beat Aaron Pico last year. Oh, Dwayne remembers that. We were there for Yeah, He sat there and he said, I'll only answer questions from James. He's the <laughs> only one to talk to me. Yes. Hey, you want to hear a funny story disparaging a major MMA site? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was once told the same philosophy. I remember I, was, I had done work with Al Jermaine Sterling. And I had done a lot of work with Max Holloway and this, uh, it, what's it? It's like Smeecher Shmaport told me, told me nobody, nobody cares about reading about Algerine Sterling or Max Holloway. Oh, uh. so that, that was then like, nobody wants those stories. And my whole point was, these guys could both potentially be champions someday, right? And now Holloway is, and Aljo's, you know, a top a top tier guy. But that's the thing is, I get that from the, you know, you know, having been an editor myself, I, I get that. Like you, do you want uh, like ten Danilo Villafort interviews? No. Yeah. <laughs> what you, a great you, reference. You, awesome. you 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 nothing against Danilo, but you know you want the uh, you want the Brock Lesnar. Right, you want the John Jones, yes, but let's be honest, you know, it's it's what you can like you get that big one, but then it's how you tell the stories in between. But when Danilo beats Chris McRae, you're raking in the cash, dude. What's that? I think Damon Martin did a story on Danilo Villafort one time for Bleach Report that got negative reads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I. <laughs> The way the way that I try to look at it is an investment in the future. Like eventually, one of these guys might be somebody worth something, whether it's in views or reads or or even even publicity. I, I would say two thirds of the connections I have within WWE are people who got office jobs or media jobs or even wrestling jobs, and I knew them beforehand, and I maintained those relationships just just to do it and then they became something in wwe it's just the way that it works nobody uh, nobody uh, well hardly anybody just pops up there oh yeah nobody just where they're going on their own you know what i mean there's always uh but that's but that's what i'm saying the longer you're around a situation 
just showing up like every day and just like getting out there and hanging and, and meeting people and doing these things. Cause then those people sort of settle in weird places. And next thing you know, you, you kind of know everybody everywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's, I think that's the way like networking works. It's an investment. I, I think at the end of the day, one of the things I learned early on is, you know, if you get an interview, take it. I mean, I think anytime you think that you're bigger than the interview, that's when you're going to run into problems. Oh, and, I've yeah. seen, and I've seen people who have done that and they're still the same person they were five years ago. So it's like you got, you have to always constantly, you know, learn and, and grow and evolve. And, and, you know, I think you have to have those relationships. You know, there's a lot of talk about professionalism and like, oh, you know, you can't be too buddy, buddy, but there is, you have to be on a certain level with fighters because otherwise they're, they're, they're going to open up to you more. If you, if you, if you're getting those, if you're getting on their level, I guess is the best way to put it. And Dwayne is like the, the, you know, the all-star when it comes to that. Well, I got one for you. Another, another funny one. <laughs> the, uh, I remember, I had done a uh, an interview with a like a trainer, and I was gonna do. I was gonna, you know how like we gotta like, try to like, like jockey the story so it's it comes out like like the best time, the yes. most relevant time. So I was gonna put it out like Friday because fighter makes weight. You know the trainer's out there with him. It's a big story. He makes blah blah, and the fighter missed weight. <laughs> <laughs> fighter missed weight bad. So I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't run the story. Because I'm like, I'm not going to sit – all this guy told me is like how great camp was, how great his shape he is, and the guy misses weight. And then I remember the, the the guy's manager called me and was livid. How come you didn't run that story? I'm like, because uh, he missed weight. You know, like the job he was supposed to do, he didn't do it, you know. Yeah, I think I delayed a Mackenzie Dern story, story on the back end of our site for four months before it finally ran, and I was like <laughs> – and and it was, I think it was the week that she ended up uh, signing with UFC. And I was like, yeah, what's the longest that anybody's put you off for an interview before they finally sat down and did it? Because there oh. are people who will put you off and then they'll ghost you. But I've had, I had Raven, former WCW wrestler, seven months of weekly back and forth <laughs> before I finally got him. Oh yeah, I've done that long, but I would say Wonder Boy... Wonder Boy got me on about, about a six peak stretch, yeah. But Raven was tending to his flock. <laughs> oh, and and when he finally did the interview, it was right in the middle of the Super Bowl. I was like, Are we, really? In the middle of the Super Bowl, and he was doing cardio on his treadmill while he did it. And I was like, your schedule is not that full, Raven. <laughs> Just short eating chips, talking to you. you know? <laughs> oh, hurry up, bro! I'm gonna do this interview, but I'm gonna eat this bag of Tostitos. But yeah, I mean, uh, yes, Wonder Boy and Wonder, and you know, you guys know him. He was—he's so polite. Like, oh, gee, gosh, I—I uh, I just got done kicking boards and training. Oh man, I'm driving. Uh, you know, blah blah. I gotta go up to Chris Weidman's. He was always super good about it. We got it done, but but yeah, it took like six weeks. What do you think people can do going forward in the media to, to make the media great again? Uh, not not to you know t- talk about the Donald Trump thing or whatever, but but how, how do you think how do you think we can get to to where you know things used to be? Because I think things are changing, like you said. But how do you see us getting back to maybe when times are better? I think I think it has to be a joint effort. I think people have to you know the uh, the media has to continue to 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 do the the more in depth stuff, the more uh, not so sticky, you know, like do like the things that matter. But then it's, it has to be a co-signed agreement because then the, the, the fans have to further that material and appreciate it. Like, it's like people say, oh, man, uh, like people bitching about like newspapers going away. Well, why? You're not reading them. If you were reading them, they wouldn't go away. But once they go away, then you're going to miss reading those stories. 
like that's what it is. So I think that's what people can do is, is uh, you know, just just continue the engage, continue the engagement. But uh, for the thing that, that that will have to get it done, like I said, is the fighter side of it too. Fighters have to be willing to play ball. Fighters have to do more interviews, uh, more features. Like the the one you uh, the you playing video games uh, with those oh, two guys. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. That's 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 somebody taking the initiative to to make something fresh and new, and uh, and that's the stuff I'm always I mean that's the stuff I'm always gonna give priority to because that's what I'm saying for me. I've never I've never sat in my comfort zone once. You know, I'm like I I try to I try to do something different with it. You know, and and that's why I think when kind of coming full circle back when everything kind of fell apart, I was like, man, I've been running at 100 miles per hour for this long. And because not because I for money, because I love for, because because of my love for this thing, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, it just, and then, and then I, I just felt like, yeah, I just kind of had the the rug pulled out. Such a crappy uh, cliche, but it's true, you know. Well, a phone call too, man. I was so mad. Like like you can't you can't like do a video Google Hangout with me and tell me. <laughs> Like yeah. you, you're going to call me and I was standing right next to my kids. Cause I, I didn't know what it was. You know, my boss just called me and then. Musa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else, Dwayne, you wanted to say here that, uh, that you wanted to get off? I really want to make sure we got everything covered here. Cause again, now uh, this is like, you're, you're like the, uh, you know, like kind of like the George St. Pierre of uh, MMA media in terms of, uh, you know, when's he going to come back? What's happening with them? He's this enigma, so to speak. I got the rhythm. He also got abducted by aliens one time. I, that's, that's I got it. the rhythm. I got the rhythm, James. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Sean, my rhythm. I am not impressed with your performance. Ah, yeah. Or, or my Canadian French, French Canadian accent. Uh, no, I'm uh yeah, I'm poking my head around. Like I said, I'm figuring somewhere in um let's just say Halloween Havoc, Ross. Sean, Sam, you're getting it back for Halloween Havoc. I'll be I'll be back around. I think I think I am coming um uh, I think I'll be like back to writing full time by, by October. Okay. Good. I mean, I think you've been missed. Uh, obviously, the, the, the outpouring of support that has uh, come your way, I, I don't think is a coincidence, Dwayne. And, uh, you know, I I said this off the top, I said it many times on the show. I mean, I owe you so much for where I'm at in my career. And I think uh, mentors are important. And I think it's uh, it's so great to see you back doing what you love, because I think uh, writing is really what, what, what your bread and butter is. And I think if anyone can learn anything from this, it's go read your stories. They're still there, I'm sure. You know, the, the Carlos Condit, Frankie Edgars. I remember Anthony Burchek, you did an amazing one on him a couple of years ago. I mean, that, that is what, that, that's what it will live on forever. Your words will be there. And uh, yeah, just, it's so, I'm so happy to see that you're coming back. Well, I, I appreciate that. And like I said, with both you guys, I, I hold an immense amount of respect. I mean, granted, you guys are both personal friends uh, of mine. Um, we know each other like that, but also from your work and your, what I like about both of you gentlemen is your hustle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, you guys both hustle. Uh, you're both hungry. Um, and you do it the right way. So um, my, I guess my caveat, what, the only thing like, because people ask all the time, like, you know, hey, man, how do you break through, you know, in writing? Uh, and so I'm going to tell anybody watching the thing that you don't think about is like how to keep your stuff together. Like, like when you care, that's when you care wholeheartedly, then you, you, you love it. You love with everything and you lose with everything like that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's all or nothing. But I will say that what I found out about myself was how much I learned from fighters 
and like and kind of my road back to kind of getting my head together and get everything back right dude it's just so much that i had picked up just along the way from the fighters like little tidbits like you know the the resilience you need to have you know one you know like rocky one step at a time one punch at a time like that's what it's all it took that's what it took and it took great people uh reaching out um to to uh to remind me who i was you know so i'm coming back uh, i love you both it's been a blast and uh anytime you want me to come on and you know uh talk about mma fighting i will we definitely got to get you back on because yeah. uh you know we we got we got to hear the backstory too i just wanted this today was the main focus was what have you been up to and i think we definitely accomplished that and the big thing i think too is just realizing the amount of fighters that really just have respect for you and are reaching out and if you can you know crack the code that is john jones i think that you know speaks for the the talents that you have in, in your storytelling but uh but enough about me where, where can people get a hold of you on social media what what's uh anything else you want to plug anything uh you know even your even your son he's doing all crazy things uh with you know all, all his sporting stuff uh where can people find all that out man it's, he is and dude and so he, my, my my son's a maniac athlete but then he's doing this uh this training he's like okay if i do it you got to do it and uh, and he's 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 a horrible person <laughs> he is a horrible person he, he he just beats that drum he's like it's like the biggest loser he's like that crazy jillian michaels but like shorter um but uh but yeah uh no i'm just you know I, i'm kind of hanging out right now so Twitter's at Dwayne Finley MMA. My Instagram's at Dwayne Finley. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of floating through some things. and uh, But those are the spots to keep an eye on uh, when I come back. It'll all be on there. Perfect. And uh, Sean, since we got you here, where can uh, people get a hold of you? Fightful.com, the site that they're on right now. That, that's usually the best way. But Dwayne, uh, you, are, you are a big influence to me. You were one of the first guys whose who's work that I read. I, I learned more from reading good writers than I did in journalism school. And you were a big part of that. So I, I definitely want to thank you personally for that. Well, thank you, Sean. You're the man, buddy. You're, you're, uh, you're one of my favorites. No, oh, shucks. Shucks. You get a, get a damn haircut though, man. Come on. Oh, are, are you saying that you love cancer? Is that what you're saying? Cause I'm donating my hair to poor little children. Yeah. That's what I need to say. Yeah. I'm all, I love cancer. I'm all about it. You are that, that'll get you, that'll get you a job real quick. <laughs> I mean, well, let's be honest. The real reason you're taking the hiatus, GSP of media, you wanted drug testing for all of us, and it ain't happening. No, man, no, it was because I was getting drug tested. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go off the map, man. I had to get on the. I had to get on that designer Vitor. Oh shit! <laughs> oh whoops! We are live. <laughs> Edit it. Edit it, Lynch. There, there is no editing. This is live, and uh, we're going to be back this Thursday with a, another edition of the MMA Industry Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for watching tonight. Enjoy the cards tonight. Go check out Sean's post-fight show. It's going to be happening after uh, UFC Boise, and uh, we'll see you guys this Thursday. Follow me on Twitter, at Lynch on Sports. This was a blast. We've got to do this three-way tag match again sometime uh, when we get Dwayne back on, I think. Triple uh, threat. Yeah, Triple exactly. threat. Yeah, Anytime. Threat. All, right. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Take it easy, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.